must be everybody. Last nigga fuck with your head, probably a cheetah. Uh, yeah. I'ma have ladies in the head like, baby, I need ya. Just trust me, okay? This is Michael, and we are continuing on with our interview series for the panel. We have assembled a brand new panel. It will consist of who we heard last week, which is Deja Rowe. Up and coming, she was going to be here this week, but she had something go on, so she'll be here next week. Chewy, the makeup artist who you all have heard in previous segments, and none other than the superstar, elite, fabulous, otherwise known by cuddly, delicious little chocolate bear by producer Lizzo, <laughs> Nakita. Hello, Nakita. <laughs> what's good, baby? So, and otherwise known as what's good, baby? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that's the one. So, let's go ahead and jump right in. First of all, what in the city that your alley that you were born in was featured? Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> the ghetto streets the north of. <laughs> there we go. So you are a local, locally born and raised, but not on the playground. That's not where you were spending most of your days. So how long have you been over in Norfolk? You grew up there and stayed there your whole life? Yes. So Norfolk, born and raised. I didn't do too much traveling haven't lived in any other states besides when I went to Job Corp and joined the military. When I did basic, of course, I was in Missouri. And when I did Job Corp, I was in Kentucky. But I've always been in Norfolk, really. I love that of all the places he's been, him and Lizzo have that in common. Kentucky. 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 <laughs> And I'm glad that you made it back without any lashings. That's great. <laughs> without being hung from any dreams. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so it's fantastic. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting you just over a year ago. And I'm so blessed that you're still in my life. We continue to put up with each other to this day. So <laughs> it's fantastic. That's how creatives work, though. So let's go ahead and get right in. Um, Deja Rowe is the one that started this. So we're going to continue. She put together a list. And what we did was we just did like a rundown to kind of let our listeners get to know you, your personality, because we have a website that's up and coming, people. Did you hear me? I said it's coming. It's coming soon. So. With that, we're going to be featuring uh, portraits and stuff like that of all of us, so you guys can really get to know us. We have a YouTube channel coming, so this is all the build-up to that. So, first up, tell me a little something about some trap music. Oh, <laughs> you know, so it's crazy because I haven't always been a trap music fan until maybe two years ago because I pretty much my playlist and people hated it when you got in my car you were going to hear Nicki Minaj the entire time yes and I hate to say it but it's still that way <laughs> <laughs> so now I pretty much now I pretty much mix it up yeah but like you know what I'm saying I, I didn't really listen to a lot of male trap rappers I right. was pretty much on the female rap train which so for I those who aren't familiar with trap music what would you define as trap music um, What's the difference between trap music and like ghetto music or uh, rap music, hip hop music? Like what what defines trap music? I think so. I think trap music. Okay, so you have rap rappers, the rap music, and who I would put in the rap category would be like the J Coles, the Kendricks, the Jay Zs, and all of that. And then you have like trap rap, which was Jeezy, Gucci Mane. Uh, Yo Gotti, okay, Boosie, all it's like it's, it's it's different. I think that trap music is more centered around basically the the um 
the hood lifestyle, that project lifestyle, the, you know, the trapping the drugs. Okay. You know, trap trap house music. You know what I'm saying? Moving okay, and so for those who don't know as well, what is a trap house? Oh, go ahead. It's where. You All the wait. fun drugs that nobody yes. wants to talk about is being done. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's where they move weight out of. You well, know and it, I like how you phrase that, too. What's good, though, is I know that there's a lot of slang, but I'm glad that we're talking about slang because you have introduced me to a whole world of slang in my own community. <laughs> He'll say things to me. Well, actually, he says them now, and I know what they mean, but he was saying things to me in the beginning, and I'm like, Okay. And he's like, you don't know what I'm saying, do you? <laughs> like, no. So I love it because I think a lot of people need to know, and that's why this panel is consisting of people that are very diverse. And I don't just mean color, gender. I just mean personality. Cultures, yeah, backgrounds, backgrounds yeah. cultures, everything. So that's fantastic. So you love trap music. So who would you define? Obviously, Nicki Minaj is your trap house queen. <laughs> oh, no, she's not a trap house queen. So she, I wouldn't put her in the trap house category. So who would be your trap house queen um, Who's like your top artist for trap house music? If I, I um, I want to say Cardi B. I think she makes ghetto like ratchet music, but I wouldn't consider her trap house. Um, I don't think I listen to any really trap house city females. Girls. Yeah, city girls, city, city girls, girls. Yeah, city girls. I'm sorry. City, I was like, how how long before we get there? City girls. Yeah. City so girls. city girls. So, okay, so we got City Girls, Trap House Music. Let's go ahead and get to the main event, even though I think we're going to have to, like, go into commercial break and then come back talking about her. <laughs> Nikki Minaj. Oh, my God. So yeah. I, what, I, what I think we really bonded over is you and I have retained what everyone would consider a lot of useless information about people who are in the performance industry. And when I say performance industry, and it's a very broad um, term that I'm using, is because we know a lot about different actors, actresses, models, entertainers on various formats. So I think that's what really bonded us. One of the things I love is you, when you truly love someone, I think that's the same with a lot of people, you know where they came from, their roots, where they're headed. You're passionate and fired. Your fire hot button topic is always Nicki Minaj. We were literally talking about it over the phone this um, earlier this afternoon, and he was like, oh, I get so heated when I talk about it. Yes, <laughs> I get so excited. So what do you love the most about Nicki Minaj, and why do you miss her so much? I okay, so me and Nicki Minaj have a special connection. So the audience doesn't know, don't know, but I used to um, be live my life as a trans woman. Okay. You know what I'm saying? For how long? Um, so I started when I was 14. Because you're how old right now? I'm 26. Okay, so you're 26 so, now. So when you were 14, you really started. I started transitioning. And it was, I had, you know, I started listening to Nicki Minaj. I had been following her for a while. Um, she had been out for a while, like doing mixtapes. Like a lot of people didn't know about her because some, I catch artists before they become mainstream. Right. You know, and I feel like that's how it should be because you get to watch the you get to watch the growth and the evolution. I think that's the right. most important to me is growing. I like to spot your growth in your music. I don't want to listen to you sound the same for 10 years. And you, what really, oh, my God, blew my mind about her. It, it was so crazy. I was so obsessed with her. My mom would tell you. Everybody would tell you. I just knew I was her. Um, <laughs> what what gravitated me to her was her the anim the animated like she was so she was so animated like she broke 
the she wasn't just a regular female rapper she came in and she had all these personalities and i want i'm glad you said personalities because what i found interesting and i will say it openly i did not realize this until yesterday because you were bopping along to her in the car was um roman 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 so i went and looked it up and i literally think i typed i said who is roman to Nicki minaj and when I typed that in, it said, from the fandom, it said, this is one of her personalities. <laughs> really? And I started reading it. It not only had that it was one of, it actually went into, like, as if it was a whole separate person. This is what that um, personality is like. This is how that personality talks. This is where that personality is featured. And that's when it sprung the question to you where it was like, how many are we talking? And you, like, went on this list of how many. I think it's cool because the only person I knew before her that really kind kind of tapped into that that was like you know what my stage persona is was of course Beyonce with Sasha Fierce Mm -hmm. so I think Nikki kind of was up front with that because she had her song Roman Holiday Mm -hmm. and she had that whole thing where she's talking about Roman how many various personalities are we talking that she really channels oh my god there's numerous like and it always says she has uh you know the Barbie she has Nikki the Barbie she has uh Nikki Nikki the Harajuku Barbie, Nikki the Ninja, um, Roman, you know, she has the Chun Lee now, Megatron. Like these are when she like when she leaves and she comes back and she drops a project, it's always a new persona that she's picked up. You know, and all and, and it Do you think there's gonna be a new mom persona? It, it's gonna be something different. Yeah. It's gonna like her era, like every one of her eras has a and it's kinda like Beyonce. You know, like she has the Lemonade era, the Sasha Fierce, the... I agree with that. And it just basically explains, like, it shows, like, each level, like, each time she levels up in her career, each... um, It shows the evolution in her career and what gravitated... Like, her and Lady Gaga were my biggest inspirations around the time I was transitioning because they made so many things okay. It was okay to be weird. It was okay yep. to be different. It was okay to have an alter ego. And Bianca was my alter ego. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Still is my alter ego. You hear me go in and out of voices still to this very day and different. You know what I'm saying? I have all these different sides to me. You never know who the fuck you're going to get. So speaking of alter egos, we're going to go ahead and take a break and come back talking about Bianca, the alter ego of now Nikita. <laughs> we'll be right back. The 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 Let me tell you this sister. I am, I am taller than a blister. Cause I feel this sick and I'm alone. I'm taking this can't be cured with no elixir. Cause y'all know who the fuck, what the fuck I do. I don't put the pressure to every duck I know. Quack, quack, to a duck and a chick I they call me Megatron, just did a telethon He got my jealous on, and I get my jealous on I fuck him like I miss him, he, he just came out of prison bitches be- Welcome back So we are here with Nikita, who actually also has an alter ego of Bianca So <laughs> I want to touch base on that, and I'm glad that you brought it up So it was a little confusing to me, and I think that you yourself even have kind of had some time where you've thought about how it pertains to you, what you really feel about it. You, at one point in your life, felt that you were going to transition to female, and you did that. How long did you go through that process? Um, so I started at 14, going on 15, and I stopped, I want to say, at 20. Okay, and when you say you stopped, now, I think I'm not alone in a lot of people who will go, that's a pretty extreme step to go in. So, obviously, you're there, and then to stop, 
what what happened at that point? Did you decide against it for some reason? Or did you feel that maybe you were going in too sharp of a direction? You didn't want to get there to where it's irreversible? Like, where, what was your head thinking at that time? I was just, oh my God, like I fell on hard times. Like, I was just, like, I was really so into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was so... Like, I wanted all these surgeries. I wanted this certain image. And I and so, like, I got to this point where my life really wasn't going as planned. Um, and I didn't have enough money. I got to 20, 1920, and I didn't have all this money to get all these surgeries and have this image that I wanted. And it was like I was getting closer to the time where those manly features were really starting to Hit. try to fight and get in because I was on hormones. But it got to a point where I couldn't afford them. You know what I'm saying? So for so, those who don't know, because a lot of people like who are only familiar with the face of like Caitlyn Jenner, let's say, who just happened to have millions of dollars right. to fly on through that. How much are we talking this was costing you um, a month? Would you guess? To be honest, I can't even remember. Because I was getting them from my drag mom. OK. Who is still my drag mom today, who is it's crazy that now she has these surgeries and stuff and. You know what I'm saying? She kind of sacrificed to get it. And I just didn't have that in me because I don't know what people know, but like in the black trans community, prostitution is very popular. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you see these women and you know, they aren't rich. You know, they work for that money. In any way. You know what I'm saying? In any fucking way, you know, they made those sacrifices. I, however, was just never fully comfortable with that. Okay. You know, I I wanted to work a regular job because I felt like I was a I felt like I was a regular bitch. Which and is I commendable. Regular, and I wanted the regular bitch life. I didn't want a prostitute. Okay. You know, I was doing it for a while on and off, but I wasn't bringing in big cash. You know what I'm saying? Like, my drag mom and them, they were going out of town. They were going state to state. I was never, I never... Did this ever hit you as potentially super dangerous as well? Yes, it was very dangerous. We had guns pulled out on us and everything. It was very dangerous, you know? And to me, like, I've always had really bad anxiety. Like, I couldn't get yes, into you that do. stuff. You know, and like, my mom, my mom is really bougie. So even after she accepted that I was going to be that way, she started treating me as if, like, I was her daughter. Uh-huh. And it was a lot of stuff she just didn't take. You know what I'm saying? It right. was like, if she had, had found out that I was prostituting, oh, my God, she'd have killed me. Right. And, you know, it was just a way that she kind of just started treating me. And, like, I was a real you know, woman, she started teaching me how to carry myself like a woman. Because I remember it was a time where I used to wear, like, trashy clothes and shit. And she did not like that. I changed that all around. Like, my friends, they would wear, like, the booty shorts and ass out and all that. I didn't have to do that. You right, know what I'm saying? Like, right. I was classy with mine. I was always covered. And it worked for me. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, That's the image that I wanted. And I think I just got to a point where I was like, if I can't have this image that I want right now, because, you know, we want stuff right now. Absolutely. I didn't want to take the time to wait and work the process, you know what I'm saying, at a time, because I was still young. You know, I was still young, confused, and I just kind of made that sacrifice. I was like, you know, my drinking was bad. I was doing drugs and stuff like that. And so I just made the decision to just stop, and I went to Job Corp. And then from Job Corp, I cut my hair off, and I went into the Army, and that was it. Now, when you say you stopped, what do you say to those, especially with the social climate the way that it is around gender, around nonconformity, around, you know, beyond just androgynous, now there's people just saying, I'm gender fluid, or whatever there is. What do you say to those that are like, okay, so are you saying that you still do identify as potentially a female, or... That you are a man. I I just, me personally, 
I don't like to get into the pronouns okay. and all that stuff. I think that's me. Fine. I think I'm a. I still consider myself a man, but on Bianca is on the inside. Okay, you know what I'm saying. And anybody that hangs around me will hangs around me will be able to see like. This is not no regular man. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I have a beard, and my beard is very deceiving. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at a picture of me... It even, does not match what you hear right yeah, now. Yeah, even hearing me on this thing, and you see me on a camera, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, this is a whole Rick Ross-looking-ass nigga. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm honestly, like, I'm a whole bitch on the inside. Like, not a, a, a whole woman. Sometimes I feel like... But, like, I felt comfort in it. I've accepted it. I've accepted... Like, I don't... Like, I don't beat myself up because I'm not able to live like that anymore. I feel like I've made the conscious because I can go back and do it if I wanted to. But even still now, it's like, bitch, I done got all broad shoulder shit. I'm not going to be out here looking like Medea. You know, so I've got, <laughs> I found comfort in me just living how I am and just still being able to be me. But Bianca still holds a special place in my heart. So with you being comfortable, that's a great segue. And I think that you happen to always just have a good segue moment. You talking about being comfortable. When I first met you, you had a lot of issues going on because you were new to this area. You were new to hanging around a different group of people and that group of people just tended to be a little bit more light complected <laughs> and for you i remember you were dealing with a lot of internal struggle thinking that people were judging you because of whatever a b c through z you know whatever that now you actually have acclimated to that so you have listed you know being comfortable enough to be yourself around your predominantly and this is your words white surroundings yeah. can you explain that especially like you we have known each other since right before and straight through the Black Lives Matter and all these other things going on. How do you feel now? How is this this version of you different from the Nikkel that I met a year ago? Um, You know, again, I was still, you know, I had to realize that those issues weren't with those people. Okay. Those issues were with me. Was I comfortable with me being Black and proud of being black. It had nothing to do with being gay. It had something to do with me being black, surrounded, being the only black man in the room. Right. I had never been in that situation before. So to me, you know what I'm saying? I did feel like people were looking at me weird. I felt like if I was to be myself, they would judge me. They would call me like ghetto and loud, which was happening. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then I, after doing some work on myself, for some reason, I like that was a very unhealthy stage for me okay you know being out and you seen it leah seen it being out and just being angry uh pointing my finger at this white person that oh they looked at me funny oh she didn't even want to look at me when she took my order she didn't right. even want to give me my drink yeah blah, blah and blah 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 yes it was just like it was just it was not and this was around when the george floyd situation was going on right it was just very i don't know where that whole pro black phase came from it was just like i was just maybe i was looking for something to be angry at you know what i'm saying but not not saying that things weren't happening to me that made me suspect that people were that way you know, but at the same time, I can't control these people. There are going to be racist people. Right. There are going to be people who don't accept me for who I am. I just That doesn't to, necessarily mean that's how everybody feels. Right. right. I had to, I had to find, I had to be comfortable with me. I had to not, tr I had to stop trying to change myself to acclimate to these people. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like I had to not try to fit in. You know, I've never fed in, uh, fit in. I've always been, you know, I walked around high school in a wig and lashes and makeup and heels 
I've never been the type to fit in. You know what I'm saying? And so why and, start now? Yeah. And so it's just <laughs> it, uh, now I feel so comfortable that I can be myself, that I can say what's on my mind around these people and not care how they feel about it. Okay. If, if, if I'm ghetto, oh, well, if I'm loud, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? That's who, who I am. You know what I'm saying? This is who I am. You're you and I'm me. I wasn't raised with privilege. Right. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't raised, you know, with Chanel Gucci. I didn't go to private schools. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not, you know what I'm saying? Not saying it was anything with the race. Cause my mama definitely raised us with definitely class. Cause if you meet her, you will see, you know, but I I've chose met her. To, I, I have had the privilege. I chose to venture off into my own little, cause Bianca was a trap queen. You know what I'm saying? I was all <laughs> right. up and through every hood and every bootlegger, every club. Like I had to, that's what I got off on. Like I got off on the fact that I was trans and I was able to pass in these neighborhoods around these dudes who would have reacted differently to somebody else. And half of that came because my family was known. You know what I'm saying? I had, you know what I'm saying? And then I grew up around some of these people. And so, like, I got off on that. I felt like a star. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, I that's what, and it's crazy because I, like, have talked to my sponsor about that. Like, I literally used to feel like I was the neighborhood star. You know what I'm saying? Because even the other trans that were in the area, they didn't get that treatment. You know what I'm saying? They were getting bullied and all that stuff. I didn't have that. I could go and sit in the lunchroom with the football players, you know what I'm saying, that were right. popular and the cheerleaders. That's where I said it, you know, like, and. Well, while we're talking about that, I want to go ahead and we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about something that you just touched on. We'll be right back. Necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stress. I mean, uh, welcome back. So, we were talking about you, the beautiful, fabulous Nikita. Um, we were talking about how you are going around, you know, you're facing adversity and all of this because not only are you black and you're gay, you're trans, and you're walking around in these communities where, you know, you're not really going to be accepted for being different because there's all kinds of different things going on. you got drug dealers happening, you've got all, you, what did you talk about? You said bootleggers and yeah. all these types of things going it's on. It's basically so, to get <laughs> Right. So, I mean, you were going through that, and typically, you're not going to be able to get acceptance everywhere because people are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, you're crimping my style. What's up with that? So, with that in mind, um, the other thing you mentioned was talking to your sponsor about how you felt at that time. So the term sponsor, that's stemming for you. And I did ask you if this was fine. So we're going to go down that road briefly. That stems for you on a journey that you started on about a year ago. So first, I want to start by congratulating you because I think it's a huge milestone. One year without a drug or an alcohol beverage in your system. That is massive. So how do you feel now that you have gone on that journey and you basically have been going through your whole life, figuring out what's going on with you, who you really are, mm-hmm. facing life on life's terms. How do you feel now? Um, I feel great. You know, like I still have, you know, I still battle. I'm still finding myself, you know, at 26. It, it sucks to say, I think I asked you a week ago, like a few weeks ago, 
Um, is it normal for you to be 26 and still not know what it is you want to do? You know what Fuck I'm saying? Fuck yes. And, and that's pretty much <laughs> where Absolutely. I'm at. I don't drink over it anymore. I don't get high. I'm dealing with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm deal- dealing with it. I'm reevaluating myself and my life. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and I feel like through me working with my higher power, I'm going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. I think that's beautiful. Where it is. What's my purpose? That's you know a, what I'm saying? What's my purpose here? It's a beautiful journey to be on. You're in school yeah. now. You're, like you said, you know, you're living life on life's terms. You, and you have a stronger sense of a higher power and not just doing whatever the hell you want to do because you need it right now. You talked about that too. So let's touch on another thing you had on your list was relationships. Where are you at with that? Have you, Nakita, had a healthy we've talked about this before because you've been a part of the panel for two different relationship segments have you to go ahead and solidify that been ever in a successful healthy relationship that you would consider healthy no no and it's so crazy because i was just talking to my drag mom about this the other day it's just it's a huge struggle for me because upon me coming out and, and 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 letting my family know I was gay and um you know letting my friends know in the school because I came out like it was a big thing I came out in the cafeteria with in you no way it was a big deal it was a really big deal <laughs> I had to I needed that attention you know what I'm saying and uh-huh. so I wasn't even out of the closet that long before I was wearing a wig and so my as you know you know and Liz may know when I transition over. My audience, the guys that I attracted were identified as straight. Correct. You know, I never was in the gay community like that. So Isn't I never that interesting? Was, it's totally a different dynamic. It is. And so Absolutely. I got so comfortable with dealing with men who identified as straight. And it was my thing. I love the hood nigga. I love the street dude. <laughs> you know, I love the right. sneaking around. You know, they would hit me up on Messenger. Text a lot me. of people don't think about that adrenaline rush from the sneaking around yeah, being someone's was, secret. And they had girlfriends. Some of them were married. Like, I, I just got a rush out of that. It was cool. Like, I didn't need it to be public. But... Now, on the flip side, what I do know is that adrenaline rush goes away because now you're tired of being secrets all the time. So is that where you're at now that now you're kind of a little more... I'm not going to say that you're on the hunt for him, Mr. Whoever, but would you say that you're more in the frame of mind that that's where you're headed, that direction, per se? I just... I, I still am confused about the kind of man that I want because I still find myself being attracted to these men that identify as straight. And, you know, like, I do a lot of hooking up. I do a lot of hooking up. And a lot of those men identify as straight. You know what I'm saying? But it's not nothing that I'm... We're not dating. We're not looking for And I think that's what's key to this, too, is our whole show, the, the whole premise of Just Trust Me, okay, is that... We are honest and authentic and living our truth. I love that you're living your truth out loud. I love, you know, that our listeners, thank you listeners for your support, have started to reach out and say, you know, I'm really appreciative. It's honesty. It's people that are just like, this is what where it's at. This is how I feel. I'm not holding back. I think it's great. And so for you, yeah, we've talked about that where other other people on the panel at that time, we'd be like, you know, oh, well, I'm with this guy and we might get married and blah, blah, blah. But you, you're like, that's just not where I'm at. I'm not there right now. It's I still don't know. I think, like, I'm, I think that's great. I'm at a place where I don't know about a lot of... I find myself hurt a lot, you know what I'm saying? Because I get these straight dudes in my life, and then they give me a little bit of, t- of attention, and then I get attached, and it's just like, I really don't be knowing what's going on because 
it's not the same as when I used to cook up with straight dudes back in the neighborhood I'm from. It was so secretive. It was so, okay, I'm going to hit you up when we, and we're going to do what we do. And we're not going to talk until we're going to do right, what, right. until we're ready to hook up again. You know what I'm saying? And I was okay with that. But now I find myself, it be the whole texting and then the, the indirect stuff that throw me off to where these guys are thinking that's a normal thing and it's okay. And to me, I'm like, that's some gay shit. <laughs> niggas don't be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Niggas don't be doing it. My uncle not gonna be doing that with no other nigga. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Right, right. Like it, it throws me off. And so and then I get caught up in that. You know what I'm saying? I get so caught up within that. And so I'm still in the process. Like I'm learning how to just be platonically friends with heterosexual men. Absolutely. You know? Without and, catching feelings. Yes, and even when it comes to wanting a relationship, like I don't know, like, am I gonna be able to find a guy that is out? to the public and has those qualities that I'm looking for, you know, because like right. I, I'm attracted to white men. I love white men, but I think it's more of a lust thing. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's a, a fantasy yeah, thing. Yeah, it's more of a fantasy, <laughs> a lust, but I love, I'm attracted to street dudes. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm just attracted to that hood gotta do. Like, I just don't, maybe it's because I grew up around that. That's the kind of, because I'm aggressive, you know, like by nature, but, like, I want to meet that dude that overpowers all that. It makes me want to be submissive. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to meet a dude Makes that you want to be the better yeah, version of you. Like, I can't... Yeah. Like, he, he can be... Like, when I say hood and I say street, I don't mean actually out there, you know, living right. that lifestyle. I mean, they kind of grew up from that lifestyle, but they still have those characteristics in that personality because it's a it's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? And like a T.I. I talked about T.I. You know, he's <laughs> right. successful, but he's very educated. He's a businessman. That's the kind that I'm attracted to. You know what I'm saying? Well, and talking about growing up and talking about being on a journey and trying to figure things out, you are on a journey where you just started in college. Finally, you're on this path. You're super excited. You're doing fantastic. Where do you see that going? I mean, right now you're talking about business classes that you're taking, but that's not where you want to head. So where do you see schooling taking you? So it's so weird. So when I, I've always been into drama. So when I was a kid, <laughs> my, when I was a kid, my grandma put me in uh, the Hawaii players. Uh-huh. And I Shout did out that for a while until I think I think my grandma couldn't afford it anymore. And so I kind of stopped. I never really pursued it growing up. I think at the, then I started wanting to be a lawyer. Right. But I still always loved the drama, the fashion. That's why I'm so obsessed with like celebrity lifestyles. Like that stuff is what I've always been been into. Like when I was in high school, you know what I'm saying? We did I was excited, like we did the fashion shows and all that stuff until they we couldn't do that anymore because we fucked it up right um, <laughs> so where do you see yourself going now now you're not in school for so, theater and things like that which it's interesting because not until later did we find out we both actually my first foray into community theater was hurrah players yeah so i i think that's awesome that you were there as well at a different time but with that being said now you're not in school for theater or performance right. art where would you like to end up so that's where i would like to end up so it's so weird. It's so crazy because a few years back after I joined the military, I auditioned for Norfolk State's theater program. Right. I actually got picked. Yep. Um, Twice. I never got, a, I, ne I got accepted in Norfolk State, never pursued it. Right. Because I was just out there, you know, living a drunk high life. And so this time I applied for Norfolk State um, 
and I didn't get accepted due to academic reasons. So I had to start at TCC. I decided that I wanted to, you know, maybe take up business. It was the only thing that was interesting to me. I don't think that I want to pursue. I don't think I want to graduate with my associates in business. I want to get enough credits to transfer to Norfolk State. And I do want to get into their theater program. I don't want it to be my main thing because that's not something that's... That's interesting you know, It's like one in a million. Right. No, it's interesting, but it's one... Ain't no telling that I'm going to go into this theater program and I'm just going to oh, blow Oh, you're up. talking about that. I thought you were talking and, about business. Sorry. Yeah, and I'm going to blow up and be freaking Denzel Washington. No, I want to have something to fall back on. So I But do you could be Bianca Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to transfer to Norfolk State and go for mass communications. I really want to get into journalism. I love I've that. Always I been love it. To the red, like you know, when you watch those uh, interviews on a red carpet and all that stuff, that's what I want to do. I also want to venture into styling. I love fashion. You know, I have a really huge love for fashion. Um, One of the biggest things that I love about you is that anytime I approach you and I look at you and I tell you to just trust me, okay, you go with it. We're going to be back with you on our entertainment segment. And I am so excited because everyone out there is going to continue to get to know you. Not as much as me, but pretty damn close. (laughs) So thank you all for listening. And just trust me, okay? Good night. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. 